to bless us. So check this out. In Luke chapter 6, verse 46, Jesus says this. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things which I say? Whoever comes to me, hears my sayings, and does them, I will show you whom he is like. He's like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently against that house, and it could not shake it, for it was founded on the rock. But he who heard and did nothing is like a man who built a house on the earth without a foundation, against which the stream beat vehemently, and immediately it fell. And the ruin of that house was great. See, the Lord wants to bless you. The Lord wants to give you abundant life. This is why he was teaching Jesus while he was on earth. He was teaching this kind of a thing, giving this kind of an illustration to show people how they could build their life on the rock rather than on sand. So that they could have a life that is blessed and secure rather than built upon sand. Jesus himself said, I have come that you would have life and life abundantly. This is why God created us. This is why Jesus died for us. He did not come to be served, he said. He did not come to be served, but he said, I came to serve. One of my favorite verses in the Psalms, it says that God stoops down to make us great. God is a good God, and he only created us for good things. He only created us that we would have relationship with him. That we would experience life. And Jesus said in John 10.10, abundant life. Abundant life. That's what Jesus is talking about here. He's talking about the fact that God has a way to walk in. That is abundant life. That God has a way to live where your life is on rock. So that when storms come, it doesn't take you out. Rather than being on the sand. But it's not automatic, is it? Because he lives, we can have this life. He purchased our forgiveness, our eternal life. He purchased all those blessings with his blood on the cross. And then on the third day, he rose again. That's why we celebrate today, Easter. Because he's alive, as we were just singing. But for us, Easter is not... Just a one-day celebration. For us, it's every day. It's a reality that Jesus Christ is risen and His Spirit is living inside of us who believe in Him. And He wants to give us this abundant life. This is why He's teaching. And yet, it's not automatic. You ever, you ever, uh, you ever go to a store and you think the door's going to open automatically, but it doesn't? See, I've never done that before, but I've heard of it. 
I've heard of people who've done that before. I don't know. I mean, have you ever run into a door like that? You think it's going to open and bam. How come it didn't open? Because it's not automatic. See, a lot of people, they don't understand how the kingdom of God works. They don't understand how that these things are not automatic. They think, well, if it's God's will, it'll just happen. I think a lot of Christians, and, and maybe those who aren't Christian, and by the way, if you're here, you're not, if you're not a Christ follower, and you don't believe the word, that the Bible is the word of God, that's okay. Like my wife said, this is a safe place, and, and we're glad you're journeying with us. But what I want to press into today is, this is what the Bible does teach about God. That he wants to bless us, that he's good God, he loves us, that's why he died, that's why he rose. But it's not automatic. And Jesus was teaching us how these things work. You've ever gotten into a car and you thought it was an automatic? Maybe you didn't know that there is such a thing as a manual transmission? You ever, you ever do that? You, you think, how come this thing's not starting? Because there's such a thing as a clutch, right? You don't see those cars around as much anymore. But it's the things of the kingdom of God. And God's blessing and God's life that he wants to give us. It's not automatic. God is not a genie. You don't just rub the lamp and tell God what to do. Snap your fingers. This is what I want, God. And so, so many times, people are deceived about the things of the kingdom. And they think, well, I prayed it didn't happen. And disappointed with God. Because they don't understand. These things are not automatic. You've got to push the, push the clutch in. And you've got to go from first gear, and then second gear, and then third gear. You've got to understand that the things of the kingdom are not automatic. God's not a genie. And he's not a slot machine either. All right? He's not a slot machine. You just, just pull the handle and get something from God. Every once in a while. A lot of times people think God is that way, as if, as if following Jesus is a crapshoot. Like, well, you pull the handle and you might get something from God, you might not, you never know, it depends what mood he's in. That's not the God that the scriptures reveal to us is God. That's not God. And yet so many people think that way about God, don't they? They think, well, you just pull the handle, you know, you throw a prayer up there and you see what happens, you know? And maybe like every, you know, one in 60 might win the jackpot and get some blessing from God. Maybe he was in a good mood. That's not who God is. He's not a genie. He's not a slot machine. These things are not automatic. Did you see what Jesus said? You see what he's doing? He's trying to teach us how to be on the rock. He's trying to teach us how to receive life abundantly. He's trying to convince us constantly throughout the Bible that His way is good and right, that He wants to bless, and He's trying to get it through our heads how this thing works. And if you're like me, there's a lot of wrong mindsets about God and how the spirit realm works and how the kingdom works. And so Jesus came to convince us of God's goodness 
and to teach us the right way. And so do you hear what he's saying? He says in verse 46, But why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things which I say? Whoever comes to me, hears my sayings, and does them, let me tell you what that person's like. He's trying to tell us how to get our lives on the rock where what he desires for our life happens. That kind of blessing and that security that he wants for us. You notice what he says? It starts with his lordship in our life. That's the clutch. You can move that stick all over, you, all over the place. Try to put it in first and second and all that. But if you don't put the clutch in, Things not going to go, right? You've got to know how these things work. His lordship in our life. That's the key. Then you kick it into first gear. You come to Jesus. You kick it into second gear. You hear his sayings. You kick it into third gear. You do what he says. Do you see what he's inviting you into? He's inviting us into a relationship. He didn't say, whoever said a prayer at church one day, or raised their hand, or whoever came to me in past tense. In fact, in the Greek, when he says, whoever comes to me, it's actually in the present tense continuous. A continuous present tense. He's saying, whoever keeps coming to me. He's inviting us into a relationship with him. Not a relationship where he is our slave or where we boss him around. Not a relationship where he's just our friend, although he does want friendship with us, but a relationship where he is Lord. That means master, owner, leader. It means that we believe what he says and do what he says. That's what he's inviting us into. He's saying, if you'll come to me, come to me. What he's saying there is, come into this relationship with me where I am your Lord. Come to me where you trust me and depend on me, not other sources. So often we look to other sources, other people, other gods. and We depend on those things. So often we're led by what other people think. What the society says about us or God or what we should do. What our parents or our friends say we should do. And Jesus is saying, no, you come to me. I will show you the way to walk. I will give you wisdom. I will teach you. I will do these things with you. When, when he says come to me, he's talking about trusting him, depending on him, surrendering to his leadership in our life. And then you see the second thing. He says, hear my sayings. Hear my sayings. See, he has wisdom for you. He has instruction for you. His ways are right. His ways are sure. His ways are good. All throughout the Bible, there are promises in the Bible that God wants to do for us if we'll get into alignment with God. And so Jesus is saying, come, come to me, depending on my leadership, but then listen to my teachings. Listen to my teachings. And then, number three, do you notice what he said? 
Do it. Do it. You know, there's a lot of people who they say, oh yeah, I, I heard that already. I went to church. I used to go to church. But so often, when we don't understand how the kingdom works, we treat Jesus like he's like 30-day trial Jesus. Listen, there is no 30-day trial Jesus. There's no try Jesus and get your, or get your money back. It doesn't work that way. If you don't buy Jesus, you don't get Jesus. Like, what is he talking about? There's no like, well, I'll give it a try. Let's just see, okay? Okay, God, I'm going to give you one more chance. Okay, I'm going to give you one more chance. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray, or I'm going to do this, or I'm going to live for you for a day or two. I'm going to try that thing that pastor said, you know, a little, little worship, a little, little prayer, a little go to OSL. I'm going to give it a try. And then when it doesn't work my way, I'm out of here, right? It's like 30 days or your money back. It doesn't work that way. If you're not all in, you won't get the return. You've got to go all in. There's no maybe, maybe not with Jesus. Listen, if it hasn't worked for you, you got an imitation. There's only one Jesus, and his way is right. And he's saying, if you'll come to me, hear my sayings, and do them, build your life on the rock. So many Christians, it's like they'll come once in a while. They'll hear a little bit, but then they don't do. There's a lot of people who are disappointed with God because they think he didn't uphold his end of the bargain when guess what? It wasn't God. Look, if you don't come here and do, it's not going to work. You ever seen those like blooper shows? Those are hilarious. I mean, don't you feel bad for laughing though? Like the guy who was on the motorcycle and he wanted to go off the ramp and he was going to jump the ramp and get up onto a second story building and he almost made it. You know what I'm saying? But you, ooh, ouch, right? Or the guy who was on the second story roof and he was going to jump into the pool, he almost made it too. Kind of bounced in, right? You know what I'm talking about, right? Like, oh, oh, right? Why do you want to be like someone like that, right? Why do you want to be like that? Why do you want to go halfway with Jesus? Why do you want to sit on the fence? There's only one thing you get when you're sitting on the fence. Splinters in the wrong place. Nobody wants those pulled out, right? Come on, it, you ever had one of those lights that just drive you nuts, right? You got this lamp, and you go to plug it in, and the, and the light just goes, and it, it just kind of slips out, right? And you get it in there, you get in there, right? nice, nice, and the light's on, you're like, okay, good, good. You walk away, you walk away, I got it, I got it, and then the plug just kind of slips out, and then the light turns off. You ever do that? And then, of course... I'm sure I'm the only one, right? You're trying to do it and keep doing it. I mean, just get another light, right? So many of us are like that, aren't we, though? 
We're kind of half in, half out. And if you're half in, is the light going to work? It's not going to work. These things are not automatic. God wants to bless you. God wants to heal you. God wants to free you. That's why he died and rose. That's why he promised it in the word. I mean, do you think God, do you think God like wrote it in the Bible? Like, <laughs> Let's just write it in the Bible and just to mess with them, right? Watch this, watch this. He's going to believe me. He's going to believe me. I mean, do you really think, some of you really probably think God's like that, right? Like a, like a big brother, like a big brother who's like, <laughs> let's watch this, right? Come here, trust me, trust me, trust me. Boom, right? And boom, you're on your bottom. <clears throat> so many of us, we feel like that's God. That's not God. That's not who God is. Jesus said in John 10.10, 10, the thief, referring to the devil, the enemy, comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that you may have life and life abundantly. Listen, if we're real honest, most of those things that happen to us and the brokenness in our life, it's our choices. You say, no, 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 it was this, it was that, it was this circumstance, it was that circumstance. But listen, you notice what Jesus says. The person who doesn't build his life on Jesus, on that lordship relationship of coming, hearing, and doing. Maybe even someone who's coming and hearing, and they're Christian in name, but they're not really doing what Jesus says. Jesus says this, he or she who did nothing, in verse 49, is like a man who built a house on the earth, or sand, without a foundation. And it says that when that flood comes, and that stream, that water from the rain and the flood just comes and hits that house, it has no foundation, has no stability, and boom, takes it out. So who do you blame? Do you blame the storm? Do you blame the flood? Do you blame the stream? Well, but it, it, I, if it wasn't for the storm, if it wasn't for the storm, my house wouldn't have fallen down. You, you don't understand my circumstances. You don't understand what's happened in my life. No, you're right, I don't. But is it really? Is it the storm? That's the problem? Or is it that you built your life on the sand? See, this is what we need to take account of in our own life. That's all. I want to provoke your thoughts. Ask yourself that question. Are you building your life on the rock of the Lordship of Jesus Christ? Or are you building your life on sand? Because the reality is, when the storms come, because guess what? Jesus didn't say if the storm comes. He said when the storm comes. The storm hits everybody. It's always going to come. In fact, we didn't even need the Bible to tell us that, did we? Storms come. Hard times come. They hit everybody. The question is not whether the storm will come or not. We live in a broken, fallen world. There's temptations. There's famines and economic crises and sickness hits us. and Lots of things hit us. Anybody who's been married longer than, oh, I don't know, maybe two months, realizes that. No, I'm messing around. Okay, maybe they're still in the honeymoon phase. Anybody who's been married for a couple of years knows storms come. Tensions come. The question is not whether or not the storm will come. The question is whether you're on the rock or the sand. The question is, are you on the rock? Are you building your life on the rock? Or is there sand? Think about it. What's the sand? 
Well, I know one thing that's sand. It's pride. What Jesus says, I'm sorry, in 1 Peter 5, verse 5, it says, Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Pride, that's sand, isn't it? Thinking, I don't need anybody. I can do it my way. I don't need God. I don't need other people. Thinking, I, you're always right. Always right. As if there couldn't be some area where you might need wisdom from God or insight from another person, right? But whatever I think is the right way, whatever I feel is the right way, that's pride. Self-reliance, isn't it? See, the Bible says that if you exalt yourself, you will be humbled. Another proverb says, pride comes before a fall. The reality is, before that storm hits, before that fall comes, it's always pride. It's always a pride, an arrogance that says, I'm good. I don't need this. I don't need anyone. I'm good. Pride. It's sand, isn't it? It's building your life on yourself, on your own abilities, wisdom, power, goodness, whatever. Listen to what Proverbs 1 verse 7 says. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge and wisdom. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. Fools. Isn't that a sand verse? Fools despise wisdom and instruction. You ever meet somebody who just says, I don't want nobody telling me what to do. I hate it when people correct me. The Bible says correction is the way of life. You don't want anyone to tell you what to do. You don't want God telling you what to do. You're building your life on the sand. It's on the sand, the Bible says. Proverbs 1 goes on to say later in the chapter, wisdom is talking here, in a, like personified, and it says, they would have none of my counsel, and they despised my every rebuke. Every time I tried to get their attention, every time I tried to help them, speak wisdom to them, through the word of God, for example, or maybe through a friend. It says, they despised my counsel. You know, sometimes that word despised, we just think, well, that means like you're mocking it or saying, I don't need that. But you know, sometimes despising someone's counsel is simple as, oh, 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 okay, okay, great, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you walk away and say, yeah, right. Sometimes we look like we take someone's counsel But we really don't, do we? Sometimes we hear a message from the Word of God, and we go right out and we forget about it, don't we? We don't even implement it into our life. You know, that's still despising counsel. When here God is trying to get our attention and show us how to walk in His ways, and this is why why wisdom is saying, I I was trying to counsel them, I was trying to correct them, so that they could, they could have the blessings and the security that come from walking in, in wisdom, walking in God's ways. And wisdom says, therefore, because they didn't listen to my uh, correction, it says, verse 31, therefore they shall eat the fruit of their own way and be filled to the full with their own fancies. For the turning away of the simple will slay them. And listen, and the complacency of fools will destroy them. 
You know, complacency is false security. It's basically being on the sand without actually believing you're on the sand. It's telling yourself, no, I'm on the rock. I'm good to go. Nothing going to happen. We're good. Complacency is false security. Now, there is a, a true security. There's a peace and a rest that comes from being in the Lord. Like right here, it says, the next verse, but whoever listens to me will dwell safely and will be secure without fear of evil. There is a security that we can have. Not that no storms will come, but a security in the midst of that storm. This is what the Lord is wanting to give us. But complacency is foolishness. It's believing, I'm good, when really we're on the sand. And do you realize that by not doing something, you are doing something, yeah? Not making a decision is a decision, right? You know, like today, you may be here and maybe, again, you, you don't believe in God. You might say, well, I'm an agnostic. I'm still seeking. Well, that's good. I'm glad you're seeking. But just staying at agnostic is still making a decision, is it not? We need to make a decision. What is truth? And seek after it. I'm not saying you have to come to my conclusion, but I would challenge anyone who says, well, I'm an agnostic. But okay. But what is truth? Go after it. Seek it out and find out maybe what the Bible has to say about who this God is. What I mean is by doing nothing, by just ignoring, you're still making a decision. And the Bible says it's complacency. It's false security. You're building your life on the sand. Okay, for example, let's say your car makes funny noises, right? And lights start coming up on your dashboard. You put some tape over the dashboard. You put the music up a little bit louder. Is this, is this a good answer? We know that. Then why is it that stuff starts cropping up inside of us? Our emotions, our physical body is telling us something isn't right. You can look in your relationships and say, something's just not right. But yet we put the tape over it. We put the music up louder, the social media up louder, the TV up louder, and we just, just going to keep going. You're making a decision. Doing nothing is still doing something. Every single day we live, we're building either on the rock or the sand. And storms will come. The question is whether or not you're on the rock. Do, 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 does, does anybody say, oh, I really, I, I just want my marriage to fall apart. I really do. Let's go, let's get married so that we can, we can get divorced. Like, does anybody talk like that? Mo- maybe a, a couple weird people, but like, mostly people don't do that, right? Oh, I'd really like to get myself into just a financial mess. Right? I really, I really want to abuse my body to the point where I just have this major thickness in my body. Do, do we do that? No, we don't do that. We don't run into life thinking, I'd like to be a failure. I'd just like to be a failure. I'd like to live without purpose. No, nobody thinks that way, right? No. We, why? Because you were created by God for good things. That's why you desire them. And yet, what happens is we build our life on the sand. And we set ourselves up for those things, for those failures. Listen to Galatians uh, chapter 6, verse 7. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. 
For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For if he sows to his flesh, will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. Look, it's real simple. It's just cause and effect. What you plant, what seed you plant, that will grow. You build your life on the rock, you're secure. You build your life on the sand, you're not secure. It's really very simple. It's not complicated. And this is what the Lord is inviting us into, to walk in His ways rather than our own, to humble ourselves and to receive from Him. See, I know people, many people, most of the people I know are just love the Lord and they're, they're doing great. And, but there are those who will continue on a particular path of sin. Maybe an addictive behavior, pornography or alcoholism, the abuse of alcohol. And, and it's not just that the addiction is bondage. It's not just that that is sand. It's that they get so wrapped up in shame, so bound in shame that they can't let it go. They can't tell other people. They have to hide it. But what's so, what breaks my heart is that so often they don't tell anyone and inside they convince themselves it's going to be okay. No one will find out. It's not that bad. And they tell themselves these things. That's the sand. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that will he reap. It's going to come up. It's going to affect things. It will be exposed. That's why that verse says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Why? Because so many people think they can trick God. He knows everything. Do not be deceived. That means we're prone to telling ourselves lies, yeah? About this particular issue. That I can do one thing and it won't result in another. We like to do kind of that mental gymnastics, funky math. We like to just kind of, no, two plus two doesn't equal four for me. Now look, it might mean for you. I mean, hey, look, that's your moral code. And if, you, if that's good for you, that's good for you. But it's not good for me. Look, I'm just going to live my way. Yeah, you live your way, but two plus two still going to equal four. You're going to plant it, you're going to reap it. Bottom line, you can tell me, well, I don't believe that. I don't, I don't believe in that. I, I don't believe that's going to be the result. Man, you can believe all you want. It's not going to happen. It's still going to happen. This is the way the world works. And listen, this is the way the kingdom works. You can't put a piece of tape over your car, ignore it, and expect it not to break down. Oh, I don't know why that happened. And you can even tell me, I don't believe in cars. I don't believe my car will ever fall apart. No, because I am such a good driver. I am my own. I am my own engine. People want to say that. You're your own God. You have to find the answer within you. Dude, that's the problem. The thing's broken. You need a mechanic. The Lord is inviting us to himself. And so sadly, sometimes these, these men, 
They'll come and tell me about this addiction when they're caught. They're not necessarily telling me because they want to tell me, but because their hand has been forced. What they don't realize is now they have shattered the trust of their children and they've lost their heart. And they've shattered the trust of their spouse. They might even lose their marriage, although God is so good to restore and even to restore our kids. What I mean is the storm comes. And many people are building their life on the sand, and boom, their house goes. And now they're drowning. They're drowning financially or relationally. And they're drowning. And it's just, help me, help me, help me. And what do you do with a drowning person? Those of you who are lifeguards, do you go over there and get into their mess? Oh, you got to wait till they get desperate, huh? Sometimes you beat them over the head. I don't know if you know that. Lifeguards are, bam, just punch them, knock them out, and get them up on the line. On the... Sometimes we get so crazy, so desperate. I mean, seriously, I see this in marriages. People get backed into a corner, and guess what happens when they get backed into a corner? They feel defensive, and they feel like they're being attacked, and they feel like, ah, I just want to be happy. And guess what happens when we get back into the corner? We become Wolverine, not the superhero. Those of you who are young, Wolverine is an, actually an animal. Okay. And we become crazy. We become crazy. I'm tell, I've seen this before. People who are like love Jesus and all of a sudden they're like, Wah. why? Because all along you've been building your life on the sand. You've been building your life on self. See, last time I checked, when people make marriage vows, it's till death do us part, for good or for bad. So then when it gets bad, people say, but God doesn't want me to be miserable. I thought you made a promise. See, all that is is exposing that we've been building on the sand. Self. That it's really been about me and my happiness. And as long as I'm happy, we're good. And if I'm not happy, now we are not good. And we do this. We destroy our relationships. We destroy things in our life. See, somebody can be really successful, but be building their life on the sand over here. And when the storm comes, sometimes all gone. You might even be so successful, good at wearing a mask, you could live your whole life. Nobody find out the emptiness. But sooner or later... It will be exposed when we stand before God. The Bible says it's appointed for, for people once to live and to die, and then the judgment. So we'll stand before the judgment seat of Christ and give an account for our actions. One day it will be exposed. So even you can live all your life. Jesus told a story of a man who was rich and he had all his savings, and then one night he died. That was the story. And Jesus said, Fool, you are rich in the things of this world, poor towards God. How many of us are like that? Where we live our whole life for this life and never prepare for the next life. That's building on the sand, isn't it? But this is the rock that Jesus wants to build us on. He wants to build us on the rock of his word. He wants to give us hope and life. 
Did you, did you see even some of the verses I read? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Do you see that there's a cause and effect that when you put your trust in the Lord, he will release wisdom to you? Do you see where it says, but whoever listens to me will dwell safely? Do you see how the safety and the security that God wants to give you, it begins by listening to him and trusting him? Or in Proverbs chapter 3, a verse that many people know, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Sand. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Rock. And he shall direct your paths. What's the Lord promising? The Lord is promising guidance, direction, wisdom, if we will trust him. But did you see what we have to do? Not lean on our own understanding, but acknowledge him in all our ways. Do we do that? Do you acknowledge the Lord in all your ways? Say, Lord, it's not, it's not me. Lord, I need your wisdom. And, and not my will, your will. Lord, I surrender to you in this decision. See, the promises of God are not automatic. We have to do these things that the word says to get that result. Like in Matthew chapter 6, when Jesus says, and he's talking to people who are financially strapped. They were taxed way more than us. Many of them, Indentured servants had sold themselves into slavery because they couldn't pay their bills. And he says to these very people, just like the Lord would say to you wherever you're at economically. And he says, verse 33, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. But seek first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. He says, I'll provide for you. But what do you have to do first? Seek first his kingdom. Not last, not seek him last, not try all your things and then seek him later, but seek him first. Put him first in his kingdom, his mission first. Put your money and your time and your energy and your life into his kingdom to know him, to partner with him. And he says, I'll take care of you if you do that. I'll add all these things that you need. I'll add these things to you. But we've got to seek first the kingdom. See, so many people, they want that. Hey, Lord, hey, come on, add all these things unto me. But they don't seek first the kingdom. You see, you've got to get this in order. We've got to build our life on the rock. Acknowledge him in all your ways, and he'll direct your paths. Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and I'll add all these things unto you. And what's great is not only does the Lord bless and provide and take care of those who are seeking first his kingdom, not only does he want to direct your path so you don't have to guess and be confused and anxious, but he wants to give you those answers you need, give you that direction, give you that provision you need, but not only that, with peace. That's the great thing about God, is not only does he provide, he provides with his peace, with his presence. He promised us when he rose from the grave, he said, I'm with you always. And he promises us his presence. And with his presence, he promises this peace. Man, see, you can have all the money in the world and still be anxious. But he says, when you're with me, you can be at rest. You can say, like the psalmist, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not lack. Listen to what Jesus says in John 14. Peace I leave you. My peace I give you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. The Lord's saying, I'm with you. You don't need to be afraid. 
He literally wants to give us peace. Now that's the rock. Or he says of joy. I love this. It's one of my favorite. Therefore, you now have sorrow. This is referring to before the cross. But I will see you again. Referring to his resurrection. And he says this. And your heart will rejoice. And your joy no one will take away from you. Because he lives, we can be connected to him and to a supply of joy that never runs out. And to a peace that cannot be overwhelmed. Remember when Jesus was in the boat and there was this big storm? His disciples were freaking out. What was he doing? Sleeping. Because he's not worried. There is a peace in the midst of a storm, in the midst of trials, where you are at rest knowing God is with me. There is a joy that goes beyond any circumstance that is not tied or tethered to the circumstances of this life or what other people say or do, but a joy, a laughter, a freedom that is tethered to the heart of God because He loves you and delights in you. Oh, my name is written in the book of life. I have joy. Joy of my salvation. There is a rock that the Lord wants us to be on. Healing in our emotions. Joy and peace. There is a rock that the Lord wants to build you on. And release blessing in your life. That no matter what storm comes, you're grounded on the rock. Listen to this rock. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love, having been predestined to be adopted as sons by Jesus Christ to Himself, according to the good pleasure of His will, to the praise of the glory of His grace, by which He made us accepted in the Beloved. That's a lot of words, but let me just like break it down real quick. It says right there, he's blessed with every spiritual blessing. That we're holy and without blame before him. That he loves us, has adopted us as his kids. And it says that his grace abounds to us and that we're accepted. Do you realize that? That's the rock. To live life knowing that God loves you and has chosen you to be his forever. And will never leave you nor forsake you. That's the rock. When we come and we trust in him. Isn't that what our hearts long for? To be loved. And here is the God who created you. Wanting to love you. And wanting to pour out blessing in your life. Or Psalm 37. Delight yourself also in the Lord. And he shall give you the desires of your heart. Did you see the cause and effect? Delight yourself in the Lord, and He'll give you the desires of your heart. If you come to Him, hear His sayings, and do them. If you'll delight in the Lord, which means, Lord, you're the one I want. You're better than anything else. Guess what He does? He says, oh, I want to bless you, and I want to give you the things that you desire. He doesn't bless selfishness, but He blesses the desires if we'll trust Him. And delight ourselves in Him. Now, I don't, I don't know where you're at. Many of you, maybe you're building your life on the rock. 
You're trusting in the Lord. Seeking the Lord. It's not a one-time thing, is it? You notice that it said that the one who's coming and hearing and doing is like a man digging deep and laying a foundation. That's hard work, you know that? That takes time. That's not instantaneous gratification. That's not automatic. That's not microwave Christianity. That's muscles hurting, sweating. That's work. Don't mean earning like works, like earning your salvation. I mean, it means laboring with God. It means seeking Him, crying out to Him, searching the Scriptures for wisdom. He's saying that you, when you're a person who's coming to Jesus, hearing His sayings and doing them, you're like a person digging deep, laying a foundation. It takes time. I want to encourage you, if you are building on the rock, keep doing it. And don't go half-hearted. And maybe as I'm talking, there's some areas of your life where you're thinking, hey, I think there's some sand in my life. You know, over here, I don't know if I've really been trusting the Lord. You know, over here, I've got some hidden spots in my life that I haven't really given Jesus access to. Or maybe there's some areas over here where I really don't have wisdom. I'm kind of doing it my way. Like in my finances, you know, I love the Lord, but I just really kind of foolish when it comes to my finance. I do it my way. Maybe you're realizing that. You know, the Lord wants to give you wisdom, build you on the rock wants to bless you. But maybe I'm talking today and you realize, man, I'm on the sand. I've been building my life on the sand. You know, a lot of times people who are building on the sand, they just don't even realize they're on the sand. Maybe today you're realizing, well, I think I need to change course. Or maybe you're in a storm. Maybe you're thinking, yeah, Dude, you don't even know what I'm going through. This is crazy what I'm going through right now. And it probably is crazy. And you can say, oh, it's the storm, it's this, it's that, it's that other person, it's her, it's him, it's them, it's this, it's that, it's the economy, it's all these things. You can say that, but what did you sow? Now what are you reaping? And what did you build on? And maybe you are literally feel like you're drowning. And sometimes when people are drowning, like I said, they get crazy and they just want a quick fix. Well, well, there is no quick fix. But I will say this. I love this phrase right here. Jesus says, whoever. Whoever comes to me. Whoever hears my sayings. Whoever Listen, no matter where you've been or what you have done or what has been done to you, His grace is stronger. His love is stronger. His healing is stronger. There is hope for you. Whoever comes to Him. And so see, let's say, you say, but what, I've lived this way for so long. But, but you know, that's really all that repentance means. It just means to turn to Him. Even if you are drowning right now in some issue, if you'll cry out to God, the Bible says, whoever will call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. You'll cry out to God. He will not reject you. There's hope in the Lord. Right here, even if you've been building on the sand, you can say, right now, Lord, I thank you that you love me and accept me, that you died for me, forgave my sins. I want to build my life on the rock now. 
Or if you're drowning, you can cry out to God and say, God, I need you. I can't do this anymore. My way has not worked. And things are falling apart. And in the midst of that, he'll reach down and he'll pull you up and he will set you on the rock. Higher than that storm. He can calm that storm. And then, together, you can begin to rebuild. Amen? You can begin to dig, lay that foundation in that particular area of your life that you haven't been. So what are you building on? What are you building on? I declare over you today that you have purpose. You're not lost because God knows where you are. He's looking for you. And the Lord says, I have plans for you. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you a future and a hope. And I declare over you today joy that no one can take away. And peace that surpasses understanding. A place of rest where you know he's with you. I declare over someone here today, God is breaking discouragement off of your heart. Releasing hope, and I declare over you a spirit of joy and a spirit of praise that the Lord is going to release you to praise Him. I declare over someone today that God is healing your heart. Jesus said, I, the Lord sent me to heal the brokenhearted and to set captives free. And there's somebody here today where you are hurting and you've closed up your heart. And the Lord is saying, I have come to heal you, child. To heal your heart. And listen, the Lord says, I love you. And it's my love that will heal you and free you. And when you receive my love, not only will you be able to trust me, but you'll be able to trust others who are trustworthy. The Lord is coming and healing someone's heart today of that, of that brokenness where you haven't been able to trust and you've been closed off. And the Lord is saying, you can trust me. I will love you and I'll show you how to trust people. I'll heal your heart. The Lord is saying to someone today, you were not the bottom, but you were the top. The Lord... It, I see somebody at work, and the Lord, I declare over you in the name of the Lord, favor and promotion. And the Lord says to you, you're not going to stay at the bottom. The Lord doesn't want you at the bottom. He says, I don't want you at the bottom, but I have called you to be at the top. And I will get you there. And I want to encourage you that favor and promotion, they come from the Lord as we seek Him. I declare over you strength against sin. Whatever thing that you feel entangled in, and maybe the shame with that, some sort of addiction or bondage, you don't want it. And the Lord says, I am enough. 
I will give you strength and victory, and I will untangle that thing from you, and you will rise up in victory in the name of Jesus. The Lord says, I will give you strength to overcome, and I will give you victory and freedom. What we're going to do in these next number of weeks, we're going to push in to this new series called Stewarding the Kingdom, allowing the Lord to teach us how to build our life on the rock, step by step, really for every area. We know that the Lord wants to bless us, but we need to know what He says. How can we do it if we don't hear what He says? And I want to encourage you, those of you, if you don't have a home church, we'd love for you to journey with us, no matter where you're on your spiritual journey, but I guarantee the Lord's going to give you wisdom in these next number of weeks, how to get on the rock. And I want to encourage you to just journey with us, even for six months. Give God, if you will, give God some time. Work in your heart. Let me invite uh, Emily. Where are you at? Emily, you here? Come on up. Let me just want to have Emily share a few minutes about her story, and then we'll then we'll respond in prayer. Come on up, Amy. My friend Emily. Everyone say hi. To Emily. Hi, everybody. Happy Easter. All right. So, yeah, tell us your story. We've known each other for a few years. Tell us before Jesus, how you came to the Lord, what's God doing in your life? Okay. You're going to make it. I am. <laughs> okay. Um, So, I was in a life of on sand, but I didn't know. I had, um, I was addicted to smoking cigarettes and drugs, and uh, I was an alcoholic. And I didn't know, I thought that's all it was, I was settling. And I had a good friend who used to come to this church, she moved, but... Um, she would invite me every Sunday. And I was like, no, that's not for me. Um, because I didn't think I deserved it. I didn't think I deserved to be loved more. And I don't know why, but that's just what I thought. It was a lie. <laughs> but one day, years and years after she had been inviting me, I had gone to a party, and I didn't, the next morning I woke up, I didn't know how I was going to get home or anything like that. So I called her, and I said, there's got to be something better. I was created to do something better than all of this. I said, I'd like to go to church with you next Sunday. So I came here, and I didn't know, but I was looking for a family. I was looking to be loved and wanted. And that's where my rock started. Because a couple months later, I met Jesus <laughs> <laughs> in December. And everything that I was trying to fill with, um, with friends or with alcohol or with anything or like... Um, was it was Jesus, and he did it. it was it was fast. 
um, and ever since then, I've been a journey. It's been hard, but then very joyful at other times. Because there was stuff that I needed to let go of that I didn't know that I needed to let go of it. And he has shown me, um, like digging, like you said, digging, you like, I don't know if you've gardened before or even dug, but you hit like a rock and the shovel, like, <laughs> and it kind of hurts. But he showed me specific things that I needed to work on specific things and he would talk to me and he told me that he would help me dig those stones out so that I'd have a beautiful garden. <laughs> Amen. So, that January, after I accepted the Lord, I started OSL, level one, and let me tell you, I didn't know how to read the Bible. I didn't even know where to start. I didn't even know that I could hear the Lord or anything like that. And, but level one definitely helped me know who I was and am in Christ. Now I have a new identity, and the rock that I stand on is full of love. I'm beautiful, and I'm wanted, and I'm a daughter of the Most High God, and it's the best family I've ever been part of. Mm-hmm. He's restored my family at home Amen. and my relationships and my trust. And now I know I can stand on the rock. Amen. Mm-hmm. Let's celebrate that. Huh? Let's stand and let's respond to the Lord. I want to lead you in a prayer. Whether you are coming to Jesus for the first time or for the thousand times, let's respond to the Word of God today. Let's not just run out of here, although I know we've got lunches to go to, but let's take a second to say yes to His Lordship. To say yes to coming, hearing, and doing. If you're not ready to say this prayer, that's okay. But for those of you who are, and, and those of you who are followers of Christ, let's say this together. And so, just say, thank you, Jesus. That you love me, that you died for me, that I'm forgiven, and I'm alive because you live. Thank you for freedom, wholeness, healing, provision, your joy, your peace. I declare to you, Jesus, you are my Lord. I will follow you. Teach me to come to you, to trust you, to depend on you, to hear your sayings, and to do them. Give me your ability to do your word. And I thank you for your grace when I fall down, and grace to keep going. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Let's praise God right now. Thank you, Lord. Well, thank you for letting me be liberal with the time. I hope you have a great Easter time with your friends and family. There are going to be prayer teams right up here to my right. If you need prayer for anything and you want to just grab prayer,